Hello, welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast, the podcast where we dive into the experiences of addicts living in active addiction and recovery and try to share a message of hope to people seeking recovery, gaining knowledge, or just want to hang out for the duration of each episode. I am your host, Sean Artis, and welcome to Stone Cold Sober. since I recorded another episode, so I figured I'd get back on here and do my best. I wanted to get um, a guest on here, but I haven't had the opportunity to really get anybody yet, so I will be doing this one by myself. Um, just a little recap, the last two uh, episodes I've been talking about uh, my journey, kind of an overview of uh, addiction and recovery in my life. And then uh, I, I kind of talked more specifically about my psychosis I experienced while in, uh, acad- or actually, I guess it was at the end of my active addiction. So um, this time, um, today's topic is going to be uh, death and recovery, um, dealing with people that you uh, know uh, that have died while in recovery, either from a result of using um, natural kind of accidents or just death in general, I guess, uh, kind of a gloomy topic, but, um, it's, it's relatable in a sense that you don't have to be, um, dealing with, um, drug addiction to experience, um, the loss of a loved one. So I think death's a kind of a weird topic, um, I guess to really talk about, but it's kind it's weird cause it's like death is, the one thing like you can definitely count on happening in, um, in life. I I guess it's just not certain when it's going to happen. Um, so in my lifetime, I mean, I've, I've dealt with death in various ways where, um, I mean, like, I think the first time I experienced somebody dying in my life was when I was really young, maybe like five and it was like a great grandmother. And, um, like when you're young, you don't really know kind of what to do or like process your emotions really. Um, you're kind of dependent on the people in your life to guide you through those. And it's weird kind of in society, we don't have a lot of, um, or I guess I didn't anyways, have a lot of resources as a young kid to deal with that. But um, I don't think that caused like any drama for me really. I think I was just really confused, I guess. And I, I could see other people being really affected by it. Um, so anyways, talking about death in recovery, um, I think I mentioned on my first episode of the overview that, um, my grandfather passed away while I was about, um, maybe like six months into my journey of recovery. And it was really weird, um, experience kind of, because I can remember, this is kind of a funny story. Um, (laughs) um, at his funeral, I remember being kind of like okay with it. Um, he kind of had like this, um, this um, 
I don't even remember what it, like, uh, it was like a breathing disease that kind of messes breathing up. So I think like six months before he died, I realized like he didn't have much time left with us and I kind of accepted it then and then tried to have as much time as I could with him before. So, um, I was kind of okay that he was like at peace or whatever. Um, when he did end up passing and I can remember at his funeral, my brother was downstairs, um, at the funeral home and he was crying and I remember asking him like an idiot. I was like, Hey man, what's wrong? Because of my, like, I guess acceptance. And my brother looked at me and he's like, what the, what the hell do you think? I was like, Oh yeah, sorry, stupid question. Um, so I, that was, um, I kind of had this weird acceptance after that, that like, I understood everyone kind of has a time in their life, like, cause we're all going to go eventually. Right. I hope that doesn't sound too cynical of me. Um, but anyways, so I dealt with that pretty well. And, um, I, I, I think the next person, um, in recovery, there was, there was this, um, girl I didn't know too well. And, um, this reminded me of like the dangers of recovery when she went was that, uh, I think I met her for a couple of weeks and, um, in through the, through, um, NA meetings that is. And, uh, yeah. And then, then she was gone. And, uh, I, I remember hearing a lot of people share about her and how much like she meant to them and stuff. And uh, that really reminded me of how, um, dangerous it really is. Um, and how easy it is to like overdose or um, die from using drugs that way. Either like, either it be at a one-time overdose or like a gradual decaying of like other liver failure or like brain distortions taking over your body and dying through um, those kind of complications or like aneurysms and stuff. Um, which was kind of the same feeling I got after, um, shortly after that, uh, my friend Mike had passed away. Um, he was somebody that I got pretty close with in the beginning of my recovery. And we had a lot of similar interests, I guess you could say. And, um, a lot of similar like, uh, issues that we were dealing with at our life at the time. And, um, it was really sad because he was doing, he was starting to do really good. I think he, he almost had, um, a year, I think when he died and that, uh, that's kind of weird to deal with. Like when you're, I guess from the perspective of, um, being an addict in recovery and then dealing with death, you kind of, um, you kind of, well, me, me anyways, I have these thoughts of like, oh, well, if I'm on my deathbed, can I, uh, can I just, uh, start drinking again or can I get some pills or whatever (laughs) like one last big party um I've talked to other addicts about this and there is a reading um in some of the NA literature about death and recovery not really relating to having like a final party before you go (laughs) um but what it says is I'll read it it's so it's out of the uh, just for today revised book of uh, Narcotics Anonymous. And what it says is, every life has a beginning and an end. However, when someone we love a great deal reaches the end of their life, we may have a very hard time accepting their sudden final absence. Our grief may be so powerful that we fear it will 
uh, completely overwhelm us, but it will not. Our sorrow may hurt more than anything we can remember, but it will pass. We need not run from the emotions that may arise from the death of a loved one. Death and grieving are past. Oh, death and grieving are parts of the fullness of living life on life's terms. By allowing ourselves the freedom to experience these feelings, we partake more deeply of both our recovery and our human nature. Sometimes the reality of another's death makes our own morality that much more pronounced. We reevaluate our priorities, appreciate the loved ones with all... Oh my gosh, what am I doing here? <laughs> we reevaluate our priorities, appreciating the loved ones still with us all the more. Our life and our life with them will not go on forever. We want to make the most of what's important while it lasts. We might find that the death of someone we love helps strengthen our conscious contact with our higher power. If we remember that we can always turn to that source of strength when we are troubled, we will be able to stay focused on it no matter what may be going on, us around, going on around us. Just for today, I will accept the loss of one I loved and turn to my higher power for the strength to accept my feelings. I will make the most of my love for those in my life today. I guess after that... Um, I can segue into talking about the death of my brother that um, happened at my two-year mark in recovery. And um, that uh, initially, I, I still held that, um, like it was, okay, so it was um, death from suicide and it, it was it was very sudden and um, very tragic. Um, and it caught everybody off guard. Um, I held on to um, the idea that like death is inevitable for us all. Uh, I guess it's like the timing did mess me up. And, um, but I held on to that. It, it was okay for a while, but, um, that th this ended up messing, um, my recovery up for a bit. And uh, I want to talk, that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it in this episode. Um, is because for a while after he passed, I kind of, well, I, I was still in university and I had about a year to, um, finish um that year so it happened in june and i was in the middle of summer courses excuse me did you hear that that's weird i'm gonna rewind and hear that again anyways that was my stomach <laughs> so i was in the middle of summer classes and i needed so many credits um to reapply for my third year of social work and I wanted to keep going to school September to the end of, I guess, March-ish. So I did that. And um, I uh, I kind of put those, um, the, the trauma feelings and issues that happened from his suicide that affected me, I put those off and they started to like really fester while I tried to... Um, while well, I tried to really focus on schoolwork and just get through that year, um, which I ended up doing, thank, thank God. But um, I did, and I can remember um, after that year being hit with um, a lot, like a wall of emotion. Um, and uh, I withdrew kind of from friends and family a little bit, even though, um, like like what I just read, it did, the initial... Um, unfortunate death of my brother did bring me a lot closer with my family but once I had a bit of free time uh after that school year I, I really started uh feeling those emotions and dealing with them and um 
um, yeah, they kind of surfaced uh, out of nowhere, and uh, it really affected how my recovery was and how I interacted with people in the program and the amount of time I worked on myself um, to still like focus on recovery because I was I was like two and just over a half at this time at this time two and a half years and would like I'm still a baby at that point I was relearning um, issues that I've developed over the course of using so I was still like trying to really uh, deal with emotions I needed to deal with so after, um, I want to say maybe, uh, I got into, uh, yeah. So at the time I got into a relationship that I wasn't happy in and, um, it kind of lasted, uh, almost a year and I don't really know what, uh, what my kind of thinking was around that, but I knew it, um, made me feel better, I guess for the time being, but it's, it's slow. I used it as like a, a way to kind of not deal with those feelings. And that wasn't healthy. And, uh, I was still from doing that. I was isolating from myself, if that makes sense. Like I, I wasn't facing those, um, issues I needed to deal with internally while I was in this relationship. So anyways, finally got out of that, um, uh, about nine months after it started. But, um, beca- anyways, because of me not dealing with the things I needed to deal with, um, I ended up, uh, stopping kind of meetings for a while and I didn't end up celebrating my third medallion in, um, kind of like the normal way where like you, uh, you go to your home group and whatever. And actually I, I didn't have a sponsor or a home group in NA. And if you don't know what that means, uh, like a sponsor is somebody that, uh, you can talk to and have a personal and private relationship who um, kind of works the Narcotics Anonymous program, and they have already completed their 12 steps. Um, and I, I, I neglected my um, my first sponsor for over a year, and I didn't talk to him. So after the third year, um, June 23rd, um, on my third clean date, which would have been 2019, 2019, yeah, um, I realized kind of the slope I was descending into and I really didn't like where my recovery was going. So, um, I ended up talking to somebody that I know in the program that I trusted had a pretty decent foundation of a relationship with and, um, yeah, started kind of, um, well, reworking the steps where I left off because of school. And then I had some time off and I was dealing with a lot of stuff I uh, got a new job and then uh, finally got out of that relationship that I didn't like. <laughs> um, yeah, I got into a way better place because I was just uh, a lot more happy. And then, um, yeah, from there, I uh, actually met somebody amazing who I'm like super in love with. And I'm I'm with her right now. Um Hey, babe, if you're listening, I don't know if you're going to end up listening to this. Um, but yeah, so I think um, dealing with um, those emotions later on instead of right away ended up hurting me in uh, my recovery. And I think like this kind of ties in like it doesn't have to be death related, but uh, I know this was something that uh, it did that kind of trigger these emotions to be suppressed was the death. But I know a lot of issues can um, 
arise from just suppressing emotions that you're not dealing with. Like it doesn't have to be around a death. Um, it can, it can just be things you don't want to confront. Um, that happened to me, I think when I was younger, I might save that for a different topic, but I'll talk a bit about it now. But like being younger, I had a lot of, I guess, younger anxieties that I didn't confront, which end up led me to um, continue drugs after trying them and, and drinking after trying them. Um, but it, it's very similar in the sense that once you start like suppressing them, unless you really face them and confront them, they can just eat you up, eat you up. So, um, I'm not going to make this a long one, actually. I'm just seeing the time here is around 16 minutes. But um, I did want to get back on here. And uh, I have like a, a couple different topics written down. And uh, this would have been a more productive conversation with a guest on. So if you're listening and you want to you want to talk about certain topics, get get a hold of me at my um, my Instagram handle. Um, either Stone Cold Sober Podcast on Instagram, or you can find me at Sean underscore A, like E A, like A, Canada, which is on Instagram too. And um, yeah, feel free to get at me. And um, I look forward to hearing from you and doing more of these short topics, as well as uh, I'm going to be starting to do readings out of literature from NA and um, I'll find some articles in the um, scholarly community to um, maybe pick apart, not pick apart, but like uh, comment on and uh, maybe relate to how uh, anything relevant kind of affects me in my life. And uh, yeah, a catchphrase to sign off with like stay classy, San Diego. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that on here, but I don't care. Actually, I had this friend when I was younger, and he used to always say, don't get shot. So maybe I'll just be like, don't do drugs. Or if you do drugs, do them responsibly. (laughs) Don't spend all your money on them. Don't ruin your life by doing drugs. I don't know. I'll work on a slogan for the next one. Okay, goodbye.